Pax vobis, Jesus announces to his startled disciples. Peace be with you. Added to his appearances in the locked upper room last week, this is now the third time Jesus has proclaimed peace. His insistence on the point is provocative. What is there about the resurrection that makes this such an important message? We might note here at the outset that the world, the world of the flesh, is a zero-sum proposition. That is, we only gain at the expense of another. If you have, I have not. If I win, you lose. Add up all the wins, subtract all the losses, and the result is zero. This inevitably results in competition as we fight each other for limited resources. One of the things over which we war is God. The first murder, Cain's killing of his brother Abel, is due to Cain's resentment over the pleasure God takes in Abel's sacrifice. This conflict is one that continues even today. St. Paul speaks of this when he reminds the Ephesians that they once had no hope and were without God in the world, but the resulting hostility has been overcome by Christ, who is our peace. The resurrection has changed how Jesus' disciples see the world. We need only consider their behavior before, when they argue among themselves as to who is the greatest in the kingdom, and after, when we are told that no one said that any of the things he possessed was his own, but that they had all things in common. What has changed because of the resurrection? The resurrection is a truly unique event in human history. All men are born of woman even Jesus. All men, even Jesus, die. But the only man ever to return from death is Jesus Christ, and he returns because he loves us, all of us collectively, but especially each of us individually. He sees in each of us someone worth loving, even when we were sinners. He sees someone lovable. Because he is God, he has an infinite capacity to love, and this destroys the illusion of the zero-sum world and the hostility it fosters. Jesus' return establishes peace because he gives us what all our fighting can never obtain. We might note that while Jesus calls his disciples friends before his passion, it is not until after the resurrection that he calls them brothers. Jesus dies for his friends but he is raised to his brothers. If we struggle with this, we have another way to explore what has happened, given us by Jesus himself. He opened their minds to understand the scriptures, St. Luke relates, and St. Peter proclaims that Jesus has fulfilled all that the prophets foretold. The story of the patriarch Joseph in the book of Genesis can illuminate our understanding of the resurrection. Motivated by envy and resentment, Joseph's brothers fake his death and sell him into slavery in Egypt. Joseph offers no resistance, and God protects him so that he rises from slavery and imprisonment to become Pharaoh's right-hand man, governing all Egypt. Famine strikes, and his brothers come to Egypt seeking grain, which Joseph has wisely stockpiled. When he reveals himself to his brothers, the reaction is one of acute dismay. He was dead as far as they were concerned, 
But here he is, and he holds their lives in his hand. Joseph could easily deny and destroy his brothers, but he claims them and comforts them. I am your brother, he says, whom you sold into Egypt. Do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. When we say that Jesus suffered and rose according to the scriptures, it is because he is the perfection of the forgiving intercession of Joseph. He shows us gracious, unmerited fidelity by claiming as brothers those who have handed him over and denied him. He accepts death for the friends who kill him and rises to make them his brothers. If I am the beloved brother of Christ, what cause have I for contention? What more could I desire than what he freely gives? He who numbers the stars and calls them all by name also knows my name. All he asks in return is that I keep his commandment to love as he has first loved me, trusting that if the death I inflicted could not separate him from me, neither can my death separate me from him. There is no longer any cause for war, for Christ our peace has destroyed all cause for hostility. If we need to hear this more than once, we are in good company. Joseph had to reassure his brothers a second time, and we have three times heard Jesus offer peace to his disciples. The Lord knows our need of reassurance, and so at every Mass he again stands before us and, in the person of the priest, extends to us his peace. May our hearts be open to receive his gift of peace and brotherhood. Strengthened by his fraternity and the Eucharist, let us go out to a world that knows no peace and strive to live his self-sacrificing love.